Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. This is SportsCenter at 6. Stunning news out of New York. Eli Manning's 210-game starting streak will end Sunday. Why Geno Smith is starting at QB for the Giants and why Eli turned down an offer to keep the streak alive. We're just 60 minutes away from a major CFP Top 4 shakeup. How far will Alabama and Miami fall? Our experts predict the new Top 4. Why Tennessee is mulling Mike Gundy for its coaching job. And Tiger is back again. The neatest thing for me is to be able to get up out of bed and I can grab a club and not use it as a crutch. And now, Michael Smith and Jamel Hill. Wow. That intro almost made me feel important. (laughs) Almost made me feel like we matter. (laughs) Wow. Well, here's what's on the menu in today's 6 at 6. We'll give you the latest on Tennessee's pursuit of Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy, which includes a prominent Tennessee alum and future Hall of Famer reportedly stepping in to help recruit Gundy, and he just so happens to be related to our top story today. Nope, still doesn't make sense. I left it tanking. The Giants benching Eli Manning to get a good look at Geno Smith rather than Davis Webb. Webb will at least be the number two Sunday, right? Nope, Eli. Not sure how it's fair to evaluate a QB under the circumstances and with that supporting cast or lack thereof. On the other hand, it's totally fair to question whether New York's brain trust is fit to continue overseeing said evaluation. Manning took the news hard but handled it the right way, realizing it would have been wrong to keep his 210 consecutive start streak going this way. So much respect to 10. Your legacy's on lock. A lot of fans are going to say that you're tarnishing his legacy here. What would your response be to that? I think uh, a lot of Hall of Fame quarterbacks who have done a lot uh, for a lot of teams um, haven't been able to choose the way that they get to move on. And I'm not saying that we're moving on, but at some point in time, there's gonna, you have to make hard, tough decisions for the best for the franchise. And that's what, I, that's what I have to do here. Is it realistic, though, to make this move and to have a future with Eli going forward? I mean, this is kind of a bell you can't unring. Uh, time will tell. That's hard. It's been, it's been a hard, uh, hard, you know, hard day to handle this, but uh, you know, hang in there and figure it out. Hardest, hardest day in the Giants. Uh, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't know. We're, I'll uh, take one, one week at a time. All right, Eli certainly hasn't helped himself this season. Uh, Manning has only 14 passing touchdowns so far, which is tied for his fewest through the team's first 11 games since his first full season as a starter. Eli has also struggled being comfortable. He's been sacked 23 times in the pocket this season, sixth most in the league. He's also turned it over 11 times. That's not good. And since Odell Beckham went down, things have been even worse in the last six games. Without his top wideout, Manning is completing only 54% of his throws to his receivers. All right, so Adam, Ben McAdoo says that benching Eli Manning isn't the beginning of the end of Eli's tenure with the Giants. Ben McAdoo, and for that matter, Jerry Reese may not be around to make some decision, but okay. Are you buying what Ben McAdoo is selling? No. I think that when you bench a two-time Super Bowl MVP, you are saying that you are prepared to move on from him. And the fact of the matter, as you pointed out, Michael, is we don't know who the head coach of this team is going to be this offseason. We don't know who the general manager of this team is going to be this offseason. So we certainly couldn't say 
whether or not Eli Manning would or would not be back. But I think the fact of the matter is if you are willing to bench him, even though the Giants already have been eliminated from the playoffs, even though the season has gone up in smoke, you are sending a message that you are ready to move on from him because you want to get a look right now at Geno Smith, who New York has gotten plenty of looks at before in the past. They have an idea of what Geno Smith can or can't do at the quarterback position. But they want to start Geno Smith on Sunday. Eli Manning will remain as the number two quarterback, which in a way is insulting in its own right because if anything happens to Geno Smith, Eli Manning has to come in to relieve Geno Smith. Whenever you've ever heard that before in New York. So we have a situation here that I don't think very many people forecasted, but it's something that Ben McAdoo was thinking about over the weekend with the Giants having played on Thursday night on Thanksgiving night. And after that game, after they lost that game in the latest embarrassment for the team, he thought about it over the weekend and made the decision with the ownership to bench Eli Manning going forward. Yeah, just because I love chaos, I'm playing. I'm praying for that scenario that happens where Eli Manning has to sub in for Geno Smith. Look, I personally am intrigued by the idea of Eli, uh, not Eli Smith, Eli Manning, sorry, uh, with Eli Manning perhaps being a Jaguar next season. But, Adam, you're the insider, so what are the possible landing spots you're hearing when it concerns Eli Manning? Well, Jamel, let me say this to you, that we are going to have a quarterback offseason, the likes of which we've never seen before in NFL history. Drew Brees is on an expiring contract. Kirk Cousins is on an expiring contract. Jimmy Garoppolo is on an expiring contract. Case Keenum, who's bidding for the MVP of the NFL, and don't laugh, he is, is on an expiring contract, as is Teddy Bridgewater and Sam Bradford. Alex Smith is available via trade. And now Eli Manning will certainly be available via trade, depending on who the head coach is, depending on who the GM is, depending on who's making that decision. But we do know that Tom Coughlin is in Jacksonville. And we do know that Jacksonville has a championship defense. And we do know that Jacksonville lacks a quarterback right now. And Eli Manning might be the perfect bridge. Denver, we've seen Mannings go and finish their career in Denver before. And that's worked out. We might as well start the speculation now about where Eli Manning will be playing next year because it certainly does not look like it'll be in New York. We can start the speculation. The Giants are saying, let's start the tanking now. Because, right. again, <laughs> you are not trying to win when you're going to Geno Smith behind that offensive line and those receivers. You're not getting a good look at him. Good stuff out of you, Adam. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, a lot of reaction around the NFL. David Carr, he tweeted probably what a lot of Giants fans are feeling. They've lost their collective minds. Short but sweet. Uh, and Adam mentioned Tom Coughlin. Well, here's what Tom Coughlin had to say about Eli Manning. Surprise is not the word. My sentiments are totally with Eli Manning. He's a class act, a two-time Super Bowl champ, one of the finest, most humble men in that locker room. I was very upset when I heard that. Hmm. Now, keep in mind, Giants fans have had to deal with good and bad Eli. Uh, But you can't deny that he's been good. He's the franchise's all-time leader in attempts, completions, passing yards, and touchdowns. He led them, of course, to two Super Bowl victories, and he's just one of five players to win multiple Super Bowl MVP awards. Hall of Fame resume, not a Hall of Fame player, but that's another conversation. (laughs) Hall of Famer Steve Young. Ben McAdoo said a lot of quarterbacks, most quarterbacks, don't get to decide how they move on. So perfect person to ask, did Eli deserve better? Look, Michael, we know, whether it's Joe Montana, John Elway, uh, Peyton Manning even, it's like no one gets to just declare it, no matter who you are in, in the history. of, No one gets to just say, I'm going to play this out exactly the way I do. But this one is particularly egregious just because the season's lost. There's no reason to do it because there's no one behind. You make the point about Geno Smith. So that fundamentally the whole organization, this is, this is not a decision that's made 
in a vacuum with a you know, head coach and, some, and a couple other coaches in the corner. This is, goes all the way to the top. Everyone has to take this existential moment and say, what's the future of the franchise from the owner, general manager, coach, everyone involved has to be kind of unanimous about this and say, this is about ending one of the great streaks of all time. Eli Manning, one of the great gentleman warriors, we're going to sit him down because Eli is not our future or our present. It really is about Eli. There's a thousand other ways to look at this, a lot of mitigating. There's always mitigation around every Hall of Fame quarterback, about everyone's end of their career. But it fundamentally comes down to can you help us play today, help us win, and how can you help us in the future? And clearly they've decided unanimously it is not going to be Eli Manning. He is not going to help us today, nor can he help us in the future. And no matter how you look at it, it's about Eli Manning today, Michael. All right. Steve Young on the end of a streak and most likely the end of an era in New York. Last time the Giants started a quarterback not named Eli Manning, way back in week 10 of the 2004 season, his rookie season, that game, Kurt Warner. Remember Kurt Warner was I a journeyman at that time? Yeah. Okay. He had gone from the Rams onto the, the, the Giants to mentor and keep the seat warm for Eli Manning. He started against the Cardinals who had Josh McCown start for them. It all comes full <laughs> and circle. Look what, look what Warner went on to do elsewhere. So there's hope. All right. Now to college football. There's the clock. What are we counting down to? The college football playoff ranking show. You don't say. Yes. I know you've heard of this. So with that being started, let me just throw out my hot take. Hot six. You see I got Central Florida there. I have them there. That's a protest ranking. Protesting the little guy not getting in because these power five schools, no matter how many times they lose, always usurping the little guy. There you go. Are you finished? No. Here's a real ranking. Clemson, (laughs) Auburn, two losses, but probably playing the best football of anybody. You beat number one twice. You deserve to at least be number two. Again, Clemson, worst loss, best excuse, Kelly Bryant's injury. Oklahoma, then Wisconsin, Bama, Georgia. That's a real ranking. Right, Booger McFarlane? It's close. It's, it's, it's very close. I nailed it two weeks ago. But you, were, you were a lot closer than Jamel. Central yeah. Florida? Yeah, I just did. That, that was just a protest I know vote. you got a crib in Orlando and all that stuff. But I used to be a Heisman voter. I did a lot of little protest votes before. I once, we talked about Eli Manning. Explains a lot. I once put him on uh, okay. my Heisman, uh, Heisman ballot as well. So, but okay. never. That's like neither here nor there. So who's your top So six? who's your, yeah. Uh, for me, I'm going to go Clemson number one. I, I think the committee loves when they got nine top 40 wins uh, all year according to FBI. Number two, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Uh, most explosive offense in the country. Number three, I'm going to jump Auburn from six to three. Yep. You beat two number one teams in the course of about a month. Uh, that hadn't been done in a long, long time, if ever. Uh, number four, Wisconsin. I, I think if, if they go out and take care of their business in the Big Ten championship game, they will get in. Number five for me, uh, Georgia. I, I think Georgia's, they only got one loss right now, and that loss would be to Auburn, even though it was a beatdown. I'm about right. to say. Yeah, it was a beatdown. They got the number, beat off. Well, yeah, I mean, you can say it that way, too. Uh, <laughs> and, and number six for me, uh, I'm going to put Alabama. And, okay. and, and I think um, people have kind of written them off and maybe forgot about them. But it's going to be interesting tonight to see where Alabama is because Alabama and Ohio State, if, if all the favorites win – and that means Ohio State wins, Alabama and Ohio State are the two teams to watch because if Alabama is behind Ohio State, Alabama's in trouble because they don't have really any food left on the plate to eat, whereas Ohio State can beat Wisconsin. They're not going to drop down. Wisconsin would then get in. But if Alabama is in front of Ohio State tonight, there's still hope in Tuscaloosa. Which Nick Saban has talked about. Real quick before we have to let you go. Among your top four, like rankings is one thing. But if those four survive championship week and that's the four in the playoffs, 
Who's your favorite to win it all right now? Clemson. Because okay. I think when they're healthy, they're the most talented team in the country. Uh, I said that before the season, and I'll stand by that now. And I think okay. that's why the committee is kind of giving them a pass for that loss Friday one, yeah. night against Clemson because yeah. Kelly Bryant wasn't hurt. Well, right. they, he was the, hurt. The, the one thing that always irritates me about the SEC is, and I, Mike's heard me say this a lot, the wins and losses seem to somehow count the same. <laughs> All, they all count the same. I was like, what are you penalizing these teams? Like, wow. Okay, Michigan the- State, right? I'm just, okay, I just, just make sure. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what I'm just, I just want to double check and make sure right. I have my facts good. Okay. Oh, okay. Just, just I just took it out at this point. Uh, we appreciate you for joining us. All right. Anytime. <laughs> now we go to uh, Heather Dinich, who is an uh, insider and has been plugged in to, of course, the rankings all season. Now, Heather, uh, it's probably safe to say that the top four will include Clemson, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, and Auburn. So what are you most eager to learn from tonight's rankings? reveal well one of the things i really want to see is where is tcu ranked they've been ranked 12 each of the past two weeks the reason i say that is because i think alabama's best chance to get back in this thing is to have tcu win the big 12 because i think it would be easy for the committee to justify a one-loss Alabama over a two-loss TCU. Because right now, the selection committee doesn't even think TCU is a top-10 team. To me, that opens the door for Alabama. And if Ohio State wins the Big Ten, it wouldn't surprise me to see Ohio State and Alabama in if TCU wins the Big 12. Wow. Okay. And guess who would be ticked off? Penn State. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Back to last year. Heather Dinich, thank you so much. We appreciate it. The Clippers announced that Blake Griffin could miss up to eight weeks after suffering an MCL sprain in his left knee in the fourth quarter of last night's game against the Lakers. The good news for Griffin, who is no stranger to suffering from lengthy injuries, is that there was no structural damage to his knee. Not the greatest timing since the Clippers had actually won their last three after a dreadful nine-game losing streak, which preceded it. So, Woj, does this mean that the Clippers, without Blake Griffin, assuming they continue to struggle, um, they're more likely to trade DeAndre Jordan? They have to face that question now. He'll be a free agent this summer. He's 29 years old, and he is the only real asset they have to get something back for. You go up and down their roster, they have either players who you know, are probably overpaid, who have significant injury uh, histories, or are currently hurt. DeAndre Jordan is a big-time, rim-protecting, first-team All-NBA center, and there are plenty of contenders in the league who'd have interest in him. Uh, so far, the Clippers have said no to teams who've called, but at some point, uh, it, it, it's a conversation that they're probably going to start to have. And they've also discussed the idea of re-signing him. Um, I think they'll look and see what the market will offer them on him. Well, considering, as I mentioned, the losing streak the Clippers had before, certainly they've suffered from a lot of injury issues, aside from Blake Griffin with Patrick Beverly, that comes to mind. So what does this all mean for Doc Rivers' job security? Because that's been sort of a bubbling question throughout the season. Well, he is safe as coach. There hasn't been a conversation within that organization, ownership, management, about changing coaches. They don't think they have a coaching problem. They think they have an elite championship coach in Doc Rivers. And, listen, he's owed a lot of money this year, next year, twenty around $23 million uh, with the final two years of his deal. Uh, so they, they, for them, is getting healthy and then deciding on the direction they're going to go in. Uh, but there's been no conversation with that organization about making a coaching change. Thanks right. for the conversation, Will. Thanks, Appreciate guys. it. All right.
Now, Jamel, you know that I have long been fatigued with the is Tiger back storyline because that Tiger is never coming back. Reasonable people are resigned to that fact. The question is, is Tiger? Now, all that said, I can't front. I'm somewhat excited uh-huh. to see what he's got. Uh-huh. Another golf comeback this week at the Hero World Challenge. Okay, well. Kind of in on it. Peek this. You know I'm not. <laughs> Last year, just like it will this year, Tiger Woods' comeback started off at the Hero World Challenge. Woods finished 15th in the field of 18. But he did lead the tournament in birdie, so there's that. Tiger followed that up with an appearance at Torrey Pines for the Farmers Insurance Open. In his first official event in over 500 days, Woods missed the cut. And a week later, at the Dubai Desert Classic, Woods shot a 77 in the first round before withdrawing due to back spasms. The back struggles forced Woods to miss the rest of the tour season. Tiger Woods spoke briefly about what this comeback means today. Yeah, it's, this is very different because I didn't uh, – last year I was still struggling a little bit of pain, and I didn't know um, – I was able to hit some good shots, be able to play, and, and, but and looking back on it now, I look like I was playing in slow-mo. I didn't realize how bad my back had become. You know, I'm not going to be dunking a f- basketball anytime soon, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm able to live life without any lower back pain or any kind, any kind of zinging down my leg or my f- have foot drop. I don't have any of those issues anymore. And so that's why it's, it is very different. Last year I was still struggling a little bit, and then this year is night and day. I saw the homie Michael Collins talking about Tiger Woods running up the stairs. The oh, there's America's Fan. <laughs> Michael Collins with the camouflage what up? in the Bahamas. What's going on, fam? How you doing? Dad, I'm in the ba- one of us is in the Bahamas. I'm allowed to wear camouflage. You can't see. see I might have I, shorts and flip-flops on right now. We didn't ask for that stunt. I'm just saying. Stop hating. <laughs> so, Don't get mad. It was cloudy outside. No one could see me. I blended in. <laughs> So, all right, so you were in the Bahamas last year when Tiger launched his 2016 comeback from the same event. A year later, you're there now for the start of another attempted comeback. From what you've seen, I mentioned you seeing him running up the steps. Are you buying that Tiger is selling that this year's comeback will be different than last year's? Yes, big time. And I'll tell you why. And it's not just because he was running up the stairs. Last year when Tiger was back, he was saying, no, I feel pretty good. Everything looks all right. And I would see him afterwards, and he looked so stiff, like he was walking so upright. It just, it didn't look natural. This time, I was with him on Sunday. I walked with him on the golf course nine holes on Monday. Walked with him nine holes on Tuesday. And believe me when I tell you, The difference between this Tiger Woods and the other Tiger Woods is the relaxation in his walk and his gait. The swing looks fantastic, too, so, yeah, I'm all in. All right. I'm all in on you walking with these cats wherever they go. Like, I just, just more that. More you know video what? of you walking He's with He's like the black version of Marty Smith. Pretty much. Like in terms of size. Marty in terms Smith, of Michael Collins show will go hard. <laughs> you like the best. Enjoy the Bahamas, bro. We appreciate it. If I stood it. next to Marty Smith, we look like the number 10. <laughs> All right, new in the Sports Center, the most important story of the day. And about damn time, the 49ers announced that Jimmy Garoppolo will start Sunday against the Bears. He made his 49ers debut late in Sunday's loss to the Seahawks after C.J. Beathard went down with an injury. Most exciting garbage time the TV touchdown got you hyped, I ever saw. Don't at me, debate me, or fight me. That's what it was. Jimmy Montana, Garoppolo. Montana, young. Garoppolo, I'm in, I believe. 
Meanwhile, uh, the Giants offense is Geno Smith's problem now because rather than stand and start on ceremony, keep his streak going but step aside so New York attempts to effectively evaluate Geno Smith and Davis Webb amid this dumpster fire of a season. <laughs> Eli manned up. Still a snap away from being right back in there Sunday against the Raiders as he'll be the number two QB, which makes sense only to the Giants. Uh, Webb, by the way, has been inactive all season. It's as dignified a demotion as you can receive because this clearly isn't about the Giants winning games because, well, Geno Smith. Does this move make any sense to you? You know, I, um, I don't have to make sense of it. That's uh, This is what it is, and like I said, um, you know, you got to deal with it. Well, it's hard. It's been, it's been a hard, uh, hard, you know, hard day to handle this, but, uh, you know, hang in there and figure it out. Hardest, hardest things the Giants? Uh, it's up there, yeah, yeah. Do you feel like you might have started your last game for the Giants? I don't know. You know I, I, I don't know. I'll... Uh, Take one, one week at a time. All right, Joe, Joe, uh, you've been in contact with Gino. A, what did he have to say? B, I heard you say earlier that this move shouldn't be really that much of a surprise. Expound. Okay, well, first of all, I talked to Gino, and he said that this is a great opportunity for him. He's just keeping it real, and he's looking forward to playing his best on Sunday. He's not sure why this decision is coming right at this time. But he also said it's been a long time coming, and he thinks it's great timing based on the team that he's going up against in the Raiders, the fact that they have a 27 pass defense. So he has a good opportunity to actually excel against them. Now, obviously, all due respect to Eli Manning, didn't want it to come under these circumstances. But you have to remember that the last time that Geno Smith was a full-time starter was 1,066 days ago. He lost an opportunity to progress after I.K. and Impali yeah. effectively took the rug from underneath his feet. So yeah. he has paid his time. He's never really been set up to succeed Absolutely. throughout his career. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you think of the fact that even with the Giants jersey, he hasn't gotten a full look or a fair look either. So you can understand this decision from the head coaching standpoint in terms of wanting to evaluate the quarterbacks the rest of the season, given that their record is what it is. Yeah, most Giants thing ever? Beating the Raiders. I, I, well, I, I wouldn't even be shocked. Right. I, honestly, and, I, and I, don't, I, just, I just don't know how you can even fairly evaluate him under these circumstances. Eli has struggled in part because right. of the supporting cast, but good stuff. We appreciate All right, it. Yes, no problem. Alright, on to this developing story in Tennessee. Tennessee Athletic Oh, wait, real quick. Here you go. We had OCU McNura. Eli deserves much better than that. Much better. Class person, class player. That's absurd. David and- Deal, I'm absolutely speechless. I've watched every game and have sat through this rough giant season. And this is what you do to a man who has led this team for 200 straight games. And Bill Sims. Bill Sims, yeah. Eli Manning can stand tall and proud and will for the rest of his life for all he has been to the Giants fans who will never forget him. Hashtag Giants Pride. All right, now on to what's happening in Tennessee. Tennessee Athletic Director John Curry met with Oklahoma State head coach Mike Gundy for several hours in Dallas earlier today to gauge his interest in the Volunteers' coaching job, sources told our own Chris Lowe. Now, Lowe also reported that not only did a love paid Manning call Gundy to recruit him, but that Tennessee is prepared to make Gundy one of the highest paid coaches in the SEC. Not sure what that means, given how they're handing out money in the SEC <laughs> these days. Kirk Street, look, I totally get why Gundy makes sense for Tennessee, but why does Tennessee make sense for Mike Gundy besides dollars? He's just looking for change. As in, why does he want to leave his alma mater for the Vols to fire him in a few years? Oh, man. I, first of all, he hadn't taken the job yet. Right. So, 
Um, I guess you got to wait to see if he ends up taking his job, if, if, uh, if in fact, it ends up being true. After what happened this past, uh, earlier, two or three days ago, uh, he must really want out of Stillwater to, to head to Knoxville after the way the, the fan base treated him uh, or treated uh, Greg Schiano. So I'll believe it when I see it personally. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's got a pretty good situation. He's coaching in his alma mater. He must have some real issues if, in fact, he's willing to leave uh, Stillwater, considering where he has built this program up. Guys, Oklahoma State used to be one of these teams forever. They would get up maybe for nine wins and then go back into the corner to four, five, six wins. He's got them consistently winning yeah. nine or 10 or 11 games every single year. So I'd, I'd be very surprised if it ends up happening. Second time he's talked to Tennessee. And he, he, Florida talked yeah, to him as well, Yeah, I was going to say, right? not only that, when you consider if the report is true that Florida offered him the job first before Dan Mullen. Yep. All right, let's get to the rankings, Herbie. Interesting look at your top six. You have Auburn, Oklahoma, Clemson, Wisconsin, Georgia, Alabama. Why? <laughs> Well, I, I, I mean, everybody's got their reason. I'm, I'm one of these guys that's really big on how you're finishing a season. People would bring up to me, hey, Clemson beat Auburn. How, how can you have Auburn ahead of Clemson? It was week two. If you've watched this Auburn team, they have improved as much as anybody with the, the quarterback play. They were a completely different team week two to who they are now. By the way, guys, they've knocked off the number one team in the country the last two SEC games that they've played at home. So I have no problem with Auburn, for me, being up at number one. Oklahoma's offense and that firepower, I, I'd have them at two. By the way, Clemson, they're just right there with these other two teams. Uh, and then it gets tricky. Four, five, six, seven, and eight. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun when we get ready for these championship games this Saturday. So the Grizzlies shocked just about everybody yesterday by firing Coach David Fisdale, which understandably has raised a lot of questions among them was how much Fisdale's firing had to do with benching Marcus Gasol in the fourth quarter of Sunday's loss to the Nets. Today, general manager Chris Wallace and Gasol both kind of defended the decision. It's no secret there was tension between the two, and this is a factor, but it's not the overriding factor. Did you ask for him to be fired? No. Not at all. You know, we talked to uh, Mark, you know, basically in real time as, as – uh, about the same time that I was talking to Coach Fisdale. I found out by, you know, from Robert after the fact the decision was made, and they called me and let me know that uh, um, the direction they were going, um, but no, not before the decision was made. I'm always amazed that when a coach gets fired, and Stephen A., you know this as long as you've covered the NBA, players act like they're just employee number 32. All of a sudden, they don't know nothing, right? Now, either somebody is lying or somebody isn't telling the complete truth. The Grizzlies well, say this wasn't just about the relationship mm-hmm. between Fisdale and Gasol. Mm-hmm. What's the real? Well, we want to be we want to be respectful and not call them liars. Okay. But let's just say they're allergic to telling the complete truth. False. They're allergic to telling the complete truth. The reality is clear. They got into an argument, Fisdale and Gasol, last year in the locker room at some point. Their relationship has never been the same since. They barely spoke to one another. Everybody knew that. Fisdale did not particularly like him. The feeling was mutual. And if you're the coach, you can't have that kind of relationship with players. There's no doubt, particularly the best player on your team. Having said all of that, they did go to the playoffs last year. In the offseason, the Zach Randolph, the Tony Allens, the Vince Carters are all gone. You know, Mike Conley's gone this year. And of that seven-game losing streak, eight-game losing streak, he's been gone the last six games. So you, and with him, you had a winning record. So you look at it from that standpoint, there's no doubt. 
that Fisdale got screwed over. There's no denying it. The flip side to it is that can you put it on Jessica Saul? The argument would be no. The GM, Chris Wallace, is, re- is recognized as a good man in the NBA. The owner, a lot of people have questions and trepidation about him. The likelihood is that he said, look, I'm going to roll with the player that's you know, a pillar of this community, even though he's 32 years of age, arguably on the downside of his career, he's still averaging 19 and 9. He's our best player. We're going to roll with that. Mm, okay. Well, interesting stuff. In his second season. <laughs> I'm going to call an audible. I can do that, right, Jasmine? Yeah. Yes. We got about a minute with you. Eli. What about him? Being benched. It's ridiculous. But listen, the only thing that's good about Bob, you know, about McAdoo is his hair. And I don't even know if that's good. He's horrible. He's been horrible this year. He's completely lost the team. And here's all you need to know. I'm going to bench a two-time Super Bowl champion. For Geno Smith. It's the who, in the not same, the what, right? In the same market where he has clearly shown us we should have no interest in seeing him as a starting quarterback. Now, if you went to the third-string quarterback, that's yeah. right, then that would be different. But to go to Geno Smith tells you all that you need to know. This is consistent with Coach McAdoo. He's been an absolute disaster. New York can't see him going soon enough. The sooner the better. The only thing that makes us upset about this decision is the fact that he's in a position to talk about it instead of him being benched if not booted out the door, too. These we probably, want, he's New being, York wants him gone. He's being evaluated. And I'm a native yeah. New Yorker, so I'm one of them. The sooner he's gone, the better. Eli's number two, by the way. They, they go with the Gino, and Eli's number two. Okay. David Gino ain't even a backup. For Gino. For Gino. Ooh. Ooh. It's that time. Yes, it is. Neighborhood top plays of November. You ready? I am ready. The highlight of our month right here. Uh, number 10, driving range trickery. Dead straight line drive. Ooh, in the it. basket from 100 yards out. That's pretty okay. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even do that when I played top golf recently. All right, number nine, Globe Trotters. Trick shot from the roof of MSG. I kind of know for this. Uh, Zeus takes the shot from the roof, nails it. It's not fake, people, before you start calling it fake video. NCAA basketball, Linden versus Amherst. This is Hannah Fox with the steal. Ooh. Behind the back, another behind the back, and a spin. She won MVP of the Amherst Women's Basketball Tip-Off Tourney. Amherst won 81-38. to 38. All right, number seven, Ned Bank Golf Challenge in South Africa. Didn't <laughs> South Africa just win this university? Like that? I, think I think so. Yeah. Schwartzel uh, taking some practice shots before the round from his hotel room. That's boss right there. You break it, you pay for it. Finish top for 12. Under for the tourney. Number six, minor league hockey. Fargo versus So Falls. Uh, goalie Mikel Burton clears the puck and it goes the distance for the goalie goal. 7 4. Yeah, Sioux Falls. All right, number five. How about some pickup football from Thanksgiving? See, this how people get hurt. Double pass. Donovan McNabb, quote unquote, hits Odell Beckham Jr. One handed grab. Is that being mossed? Not sure. I don't know what the moss standards are. Then he kicks him. Balls. Number Wait, four, something. time for some frisbee. This is Brody Smith, trick shotting in AT&T Stadium from the upper deck. You can do that at Jerry's World? Huh. <laughs> I have to say, until time I played, I didn't know frisbee was so popular. All right, number three, we got some fall lacrosse for you. Check out this slick behind the back, goal through traffic in front of the net. So slick, we had to slow it down. Number two, we saw the Globetrotters earlier. This is the Harlem Wizards with the ball movement. Sarge throwing down the hammer. And Ooh. 
Ooh, nice. And broke the backboard. Shattering the backboard. Okay. Number one, New York High School football. Stepping X. Well, let's get away with that false start for something. Trill Williams falls in the end zone, but then he still makes the clutch catch from the ground. I don't know if because we, well, we have so much video, but these catches are so routine nowadays, so, these acrobatic catches. They don't no. do it for you anymore? No, they do, especially on a high school level. All right, as good as this past weekend was in college football, this weekend promises to be even better. It's championship weekend and one of the many tantalizing matchups with playoff implications is this one, Clemson-Miami, which many consider to be a playoff play-in. Now, Miami is coming off a stunning loss to Pittsburgh, but considering Clemson's earlier loss to Syracuse, Tigers can't exactly throw stones. Anyway, here's our own man, Marty Morrow, as in Marty Smith, doing Marty-like things. Thank you, guys. Good evening. Clemson, one of just two teams in FBS to record seven consecutive 10-win seasons. Quite a program Dabo Sweeney's built down here in Clemson. I had the opportunity earlier today to catch up with Coach Sweeney as he prepares to take his team to Charlotte and face the Miami Hurricanes. What is the most difficult challenge to sustaining excellence? Uh, you know, there's, a, there's a, a saying that prosperity is a terrible teacher. And, uh, you know, I think, I think that's the biggest thing is just uh, even though you've had a lot of success, maintaining the mindset that it takes uh, to continue to get better, to want to get better. But that's what, to me, that's what's fun about college football uh, because you don't have the same guys. I think it's great that you have change and turnover because that allows you to start over. And I think uh, uh, just making sure that you uh, – of just continually, you know, reinvesting, reinventing, refocusing, recharging, uh, and rethinking everything you do in your program so that you can continue to, to climb. You know? I also asked Sweeney during our conversation in what ways this Clemson team has progressed and grown the most this season. He said confidence, the confidence that comes with repetition and success in repetition. Guys? That was a good report, but I needed him to be, like, in motion. Like on a train or something. You know? Good? Good. Great. What's shocking is that there was a press conference set up for Tom Why Sanders. Why do you do him like, like that? Like, going to that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. Right? I mean, you know, well handled. You know, well, so I was going to say that uh, Wendy had a great piece on LeBron. Mm-hmm. Well, this is not Mahito's days. They won the game, but had some... <laughs> Funny moments. That's why we got him in the countdown here. With, How many you know, steps travel. is that? LeBron steps. But, you know, it was a great piece from Wendy on LeBron, his separation from Kyrie, what it's done for him both in the clutch. The dude, you can't say 28-8-8 and eight on 15% from the field and 42 from three and 77 from the line. I mean, just when you think he can't get any better. He constantly amazes me. And this uh, wasn't a statement win because the Sixers were never in the conversation for contenders. Oh. Yes, I'm rationalizing. Oh, yes, oh, that's okay. what I'm doing. Oh, now, all of a sudden, they're not. You know, I'd have been all one of them. Oh, if they were the one, we would have been the show. You wouldn't have heard it. I'd have fit a Sixers reference in there every way possible. <laughs> See how you do. All right, uh, so both Michael Crabtree. I'm naming my fantasy team Tuck Your Chain next year. Or <laughs> Chain Snatchers. They're appealing. That's a brilliant name. They're appealing their two game suspensions for their fight Sunday. What do you think about them getting two games? I thought it was harsh. Now, that was a really? that, was, that, that was out of line. That was excessive as fighting goes. You've seen a lot of fights lately. Mm-hmm. That was obviously the most excessive. But they already got kicked out for one. Usually that counts as suspension. I thought they would tag on one at the most. Right. But another two? But I, so. think, but I think part of it was sending a message because they went there again. You know, because 
Those two. These two. Okay. Right. I, right. I think but that's what the two was didn't for. get suspended before. This wasn't, you know. These guys perhaps should have been suspended. Um, this is. There was a slap boxing going wrong? This is two uh, Georgia Tech players. Steph Durham knocking out his teammate Lance Austin. Uh, it surfaced via TMZ. The, the altercation supposedly took place before spring practice at their Yellow Jackets at the Yellow Jackets athletic facility. Oh, so that was intentional? Yeah, I don't think this was the slap boxing going wrong. Oh, okay. Let's look at the anger behind that. I think they were legitimately in an altercation. Can we honor the video, the one hitter quitter? Yes. Uh, Everybody all right? Don't know why you're taping that. As far as we know, according to university sources, they're friends. Spears, who's your top six? (laughs) Here we go, right off the top. Mike, I got Oklahoma one. I have two Auburn. And then right there at three is Clemson, and I have Bama at four. When I look at it, <laughs> I think Bama is still one of the four best teams in the country, man. What what was Carson got to do, man? <laughs> <laughs> just, Win the Big Ten Championship. Him. You just won't Win. get him any credit. Dang. I, heard, I just heard Jamil read the promo, and she talking about the school in Ann Arbor. Right. Jamil, you got to get over it. You got you to get over it, man. I'm too petty. Sorry. Hey, I'm never getting over it. Um, look, want to ask you about a bubbling college football story. Herm Edwards, our own, uh, he still apparently wants to, I'm not reading that, play to win the game. Don't what about that? that? Don't read everything. Right. Uh, Herm is going to be interviewing for the Arizona State head coaching job following the firing of Ty Graham after six seasons. Herm, of course, coached with the Jets. He's been here a long time. Uh, Marcus, give us your insight. What do you think of a possible fit of Herm Edwards with Arizona well, I, State? I mean, first of all, it's college, so it's totally different from what he's been doing. But one thing I will say is that what we know about Herm Edwards is he's a maker of men. And I think these college players will gain a lot from his knowledge. But going to the college landscape now with everything that's going on, especially what you've seen in the SEC with coaching changes, I don't know if Herm is really in tune to that. He's a straightforward guy. He's been around, though. He's been around the high school games, the All-American games. He's kept in touch with a lot of these players that's coming rank very high. So it's not a question of if Herm can coach. It's a question of if he wants to deal with everything that comes with coaching at a college level. I don't want to deal with a campus without Herm Network. So if it goes down, Arizona State's <laughs> game would certainly be our loss at ESPN. Well, Spears, look, we appreciate those, it. Those uh, young yes. men, they're going to be some interesting lectures. They're going to be sure. told not to press in. Hey, <laughs> we had a good day before we call it a day. All right. Uh, it's Giving Tuesday. So join ESPN and the V Foundation in the fight against cancer. Please visit v.org slash donate. All donations benefit the V Foundation for cancer research. So give to whatever is your favorite Absolutely. charity today. But would Breaknow.org love you, comes to mind. Yes, would love yeah. if you gave to the Random V Foundation. this everywhere. Well, that's it for the six. Sports Center continues on ESPN what, hey, what, What's coming next? You know, I don't know. I, Come to think of it, it's something. See, you broke your mic. Yeah. It, what is playoff it? rankings reveal is next. Oh, is that done. what it was? That's what it is. We're done. We're out. I was, I'm un- I was struggling to think I of what it was. I drop my mic. It's I like could. if you trip off the stairs, <laughs> you're like, you know what? I meant to do that. I meant to job. So I meant to take off my mic. <laughs>